0: Welcome back to another episode of The Geek Roundtable. This is episode number 34. I'm your host, Kenny, and joining me for today's roundtable are my good friends Jenny, Joe, Jason, Michael, and Barry. For today's roundtable, we're going to be discussing movies that generally people don't like, but for some reason, we adore them. First, I want to say that... I am recording this over Zoom because of COVID, and you'll be hearing different audio qualities, and hopefully you can uh, hear everyone pretty well. And this is a really, really long one. It's about an hour and 15 minutes. We had a lot of fun discussing stuff, so I am not going to say much here. I'm just going to jump on in to our roundtable on movies that most people don't like, but we do. We mm-hmm. do. All right, it's time for our main topic today. We're going to be discussing—I won't say they're bad movies, but they're movies that the general populace kind of dislike, but for some reason, we love them. We adore them. So, joining me for today's discussion are my good friends Jenny, hey, Joe, hi there, Michael, hello, Barry, that's me, and Jason. <laughs> hey, everybody! <laughs> Thank you guys for joining me. Thank
1: you. Um, yeah. Thank you
2: for the invite.
0: Yeah, of
1: course. Um,
0: I'm I really excited. appreciate yeah this is the first podcast I'm doing uh, via zoom because of this whole fun
3: COVID. 50s. yeah
0: <laughs> you managed to last all the way
4: till october not i had a nice done. pocket
0: I had a nice pocket of episodes waiting I usually do four at a time people come into my house we hang out we chat mm-hmm. I record like for three four hours and it's four or five episodes at one time unfortunately we're not doing that today but
3: because of be- Zoom fatigue, we're only going to
4: do two
5: hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're already coming
4: off a game night. I, I just played games with my family for the last two hours, so yeah. I've been on Zoom. So sorry. all day. No, it's fine.
5: I was about to say the same thing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so sorry. That domestic life.
0: <laughs> all right, uh, let's get started. Who wants to start with their? This is going to be unusual. Not like the most of the episodes where I have interesting facts and we go through questions. I think it'd be fun just to talk yeah. about the movies. And I know a lot of us have overlapping. Movies, because when we were discussing it off of Zoom, uh, it was interesting to see that a lot of us actually like a lot of the same movies that everyone hates. So, so I don't know if that says something about us or... <laughs> I, I, would,
6: I would like to start with Joe's choice of Masters of the Universe, only oh, because yes. it dovetails perfectly into one of my choices, which is the 1989 uh, masterpiece, The Punisher.
2: Wonderful, well then yes, let's start. <laughs> With 1987's Masters of the Universe, the uh, it was one of the one-two punch that and Superman IV: <laughs> The Quest for Peace put Golan oh. Globus out of business.
0: Oh, did it really?
2: <laughs> yes. Oh man! They put so much money yeah. into both of those movies that the studio never recovered. This movie had a budget of 22 million dollars, and it made I mean, it made back 17.3 million, <laughs> which is still horrible. They had okay. to shut down production before the movie was done. Um, oh man the final battle between he-man and skeletor when they're having their sword fight and stuff and like lights are going they turn the lights off in the studio like there was nothing they couldn't they they had a guy with some like some gels like spinning the gels around the light wow. and when you watch it again it's obvious that's what's happening it was so sad and yet i love it so much i, I think what i love about that is when i watched
6: the trailer for that movie my first reaction was not Yes, T-Man, but oh, my God, it's the girl from the Bruce Springsteen video. <laughs> nice. That's yeah, right.
0: Yeah. It's Courtney Cox is definitely. Yep. Dancing
6: in the Dark, that's yeah. right, yeah. Is uh, that, no, I, mean, right. I think that, that ages Joe and I just a little bit.
3: So I was going to say, you didn't say from Friends, you said from the Bruce no. Springsteen video. This was <laughs> long before Friends.
2: And a nice little bit of trivia, Friends-wise, um... The woman who plays the sorceress, Christina Pickles, plays Mm -hmm. Courtney Cox's mother in Friends.
3: Friends. Wow! Wow! Because they had such great chemistry. (laughs) (laughs) We had to see them together again. It
2: was was such a sensation seeing them (laughs) on screen. So I I think this might be. So so hold
4: on, real quick. Are you saying that her name's Courtney Cox and her name was Christina Pickles? Because those are the two most phallic family
1: names. (laughs) Oh. You got yeah. it.
5: We went there. <laughs> yeah. <reality>. I noticed <laughs> there two minutes into, I watched yeah. this movie as a boy. I still am a boy. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so I think, I,
6: I correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, but this kind of kicks off Hollywood's uh, introduction of famous characters by bringing them into the real world instead of
2: setting them into their fantasy world, which they're established in,
4: the Howard the Duck method.
2: They they had so many movies. Films became lousy with this trope of taking something that was science fiction. Like the most one of the most interesting things about this movie was when they spent time on Eternia. And they spent yeah. like five minutes on Eternia. Yeah. It's like, I've seen a city street. I know what it's like to be in like middle America. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see stormtroopers or low rent stormtroopers marching on my city streets. I want to see Eternia. I want to see sword fights and deflecting yeah. laser blasts. And you don't get that. You get a lot of um, the principle from Back to the Future, just James Tolkien doing what he does best, yeah. calling people slackers and like yelling at them and stuff. Uh, yeah. But But yeah, it, it's. It, it's such a um, an ill-conceived movie uh, that for some reason, none of it made sense as far as being a He-Man fan, which I was at the time when it came out, as a kid expecting we like Orko.
1: We had such high hopes for this film.
2: Well, as a child, yeah. Yeah. I don't think my parents (laughs) did. I don't think my father cared one bit about it. But when you
1: heard, like, they're making Masters of the Universe, you're like, oh, awesome. Doc Bluntgren, that's going to be awesome. He sort of looks like him, yeah. Yeah. What do you think?
2: When you think He-Man, there are a couple of things. Like, first you think the Prince Adam, like the Clark Kent Superman dynamic. There's Prince Adam and He-Man. So at some point, he's going to be kind of, you know, trying to trick people that like, no, 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 I'm not He-Man. Oh, oh there's someone in trouble? Hold on, I'll be right back and go find a phone booth and like do his, <laughs> his sword thing. And there's never any of that. They don't even refer to him as Prince Adam. They just call him He-Man throughout the entire movie. And like, there's no Orco, which was like, at the time, I mean, oh, he's kind of, you look no, no, back no. and think he's the Jar Jar Binks of He-Man, but it's what the kids was, loved. But
6: his name was Gwildor. Gwildor. Oh. <laughs> and he was he was portrayed For those of us Disney fans, by the voice of Fidman. Mm
3: -hmm. Billy Barty. Interesting. Billy
2: Barty, also from Willow.
4: This yeah. trope of bringing people into Earth, like, and this I think was pretty clear for this one. They just didn't have a budget at all, right? This is intentionally. They had
3: a $22 million budget. budget re- and they I, ran I, it, blasted through they it. They didn't have a story,
2: but they had. A budget, Dolph yeah. Lundgren snorted the whole thing
5: up his nose. Wow, <laughs> oh, because <yeah, like,
2: laughs>
4: oh, I, I assume that when you do that, when that's the, that's the thing you do when you run out of money for your episodes and you just have to bring the Star Trek, uh, the Enterprise back to San Francisco for the day because you just don't have any <laughs> yeah. money. All right. True, yeah.
6: And what amazes me is they could have gone to the same locations they filmed Star Trek in, like the desert scenes, and we would have all been like, that's attorney. Like that's perfect. Yeah. But they were like, no, let's just go on a backlot because we have it
2: it's easy. Exactly. We have a music shop. Let's you know what? Nothing is more interesting than putting He Man in a music shop. Uh <laughs> like and, and the villains they brought out, you know, you're expecting Beast Man and Merman and Triclops, like these guys. And instead they bring out like you have Skeletor, you have Beast Man, but then they brought out like these three spares that were supposed to be like the big bads. And this is like the kids who have like consumed this lore for years are now watching this movie and they're like, yeah, Skeletor is about to bring out the big bads. And Frank Langella is like eating, chewing the scenery up as Skeletor. like Practically, Mm -hmm. he's delivering things like it's Shakespeare and it's beautiful but he's like he's being underscored by these horrible ca- like card and blade and like you know this lizard man guy and you're like
5: who are
2: you i don't know who you are do yeah, um, no, you think that was a marketing scheme to get more characters to try to get more toys maybe i because don't think was based on that that's the yeah, so,
0: oh, He man sure. wants to make money
2: what was I supposed mean, to be Star Wars action figures. That's yes. where all that came from. Yeah. And then, yeah, they had—they were like, we have all this stuff. We need to sell it now.
5: Yeah.
0: So I didn't have this level of
6: disappointment from bringing out the big bads until Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Two: Secret of the Ooze when they dropped the Bebop and Rocksteady opportunity and brought out these two rando characters.
3: Yeah. So I, was I, like, I remember that.
2: Did, did you that's not pay a, extra for the names? Like, was there a rights <laughs> issue? I don't think so. Yeah,
0: that's what it sounds like with this movie. Because they just took, like, bits and pieces yeah.
2: And He-Man and what, what this feels like to
6: me is literally some kid was really excited and went to their parents and were like, "That, death, death, death. You work at a movie studio. I'm playing with <laughs> all of these toys. I And the kid's just like, all he has from Christmas is like his Lego cityscape and the masters of the universe toys. And the dad's like, well, clearly the character's in the city. So that's
2: where he must be. You're being way too kind about the dad character. I think it's more like, all right. So, all right. So yeah, he's in the city. It was the the eighties. Yeah, no, I, I think that you're not too far off on that. Like it definitely screams of some kid who told his dad, this is hot. This is my favorite thing. Make a movie of it. Like the, the weird Veruca salt effect. (laughs) <laughs> um but yeah that being said as cheesy as it is as bad it. as it is yeah. I love it I love it I love every minute of it when gwildor's trying to talk to a cow uh and there's there's this whole bit where this guy Kevin who plays Courtney Cox's boyfriend brings this cosmic key into this guy's music shop and he's like I don't know it's probably a Japanese thing
3: um
5: yeah.
2: it's 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 so horrible but every minute of it is delicious. And uh, I recommend it. Uh,
6: so that like, looking at the list of movies that we're talking about, majority of these were my top 1980s, like rentals from the VHS yes. store. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. if I was sick or if I just wanted to piss my parents off, like these were my rentals. Oh, for sure. And now I own the DVDs. Oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. What do you have for us, Michael? You want to go into um, Punisher?
6: So I want to continue with really bad movies that Dolph Lundgren was made in. Just two years later, he releases The Punisher, <laughs> which is, uh, we're all familiar with The Punisher now from Netflix, um, and there was the the other Punisher movie, and uh, I think you it's Thomas Jane. Movies. Yeah, Thomas Jane did a great one. Uh-huh. Back in 1989, just two years after Master of the Universe, they released The Punisher. Um, again, a movie that feels like somebody who's never read a Punisher comic <laughs> was pitched a comic movie and was like, that's it. We're just going to do that. Because this like, literally feels like some studio exec got out of watching Commando or a Rambo movie and then his kid was reading, reading Punisher War Journal and he's like, that's it. We're going to get the guy from Rocky. And we're going to make him a Mar... And it wasn't even a, It's not even Marvel's The Punisher. It is just The Punisher. Yeah. Uh, and there is the worst character that gives exposition called Shake, which oh, is this yes. actor who they named him Shake because he was a Shakespeare actor, and everything he says is in rhyme. Like I am not kidding. This is like Roadblock from G.I. <laughs> Yeah. All he does is talk in rhyme, <laughs> and somehow this drunk Shakespearean actor is the key to all exposition that the punisher needs in the criminal underworld it's so very like,
2: sensitive too, the way that it depicts someone who's dealing with alcoholism it's uh right. it's great
6: um so and the one thing that i always thought was the most important as an impressionable child in 1989 was that you know generally if you read the punisher comic books growing up like he, he's secretive and he always hides and you can never find out who frank castle is like literally Dolph Blunder never uses the same weapon twice, and is chucking <laughs> weapons away. He's done firing it, boom, throws it away. Shoes off a grenade, <laughs> throws it away. Like there, some kid is probably walking around that city streets, just be like, I have new guns. <laughs> it, it is, it is uh, the best worst. I think this beats out the uh, the poorly made Fantastic Four movie by Roger Corman as my worst comic book movie that I love of all time.
2: Oh, that Fantastic Four movie is delightful. How did they drag Lewis Gossett Jr. into this Punisher movie? I forgot to mention him. Right.
6: <laughs> and he is playing every Lewis Gossett Jr. character he's ever played in this movie. It is, it is so... Uh, The one that scarred me the most is that Frank Castle, for some reason, lives in the sewers, and there is this zoom-in shot of a naked Dolph Lundgren surrounded by candles, sweaty, and like I have never – that has scarred my brain.
2: (laughs) His horrible horrible monologue laid over it where he's like, why, God, why do I live? And it's like – this is supposed to be a comic book movie, right?
6: Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it is – it is so bad. It's good. It ranks right up there with uh, with Frank Corman's, uh, Roger Corman's Fantastic Four for
2: me. One of my favorite scenes in that movie, uh, not to drag this out too long, but one of my favorite <laughs> scenes in The Punisher is when they finally, the police finally catch The Punisher. And Louis Gossett Jr., What this is like, if this was nominated for an Oscar, this would have been the scene they would have used. And it's... <laughs> horrible yeah. <laughs> but but like lewis gossett jr goes in there and he's trying to reach frank he's like you know i was your partner for 10 years and your kids were like my kids but it devolves quickly into lewis gossett jr just slapping dolph lundgren in the face and just screaming frank at him over and over again and i'm like well, what the 80s <laughs> version of martha <laughs> yes it was to, it's like what are you trying to you go into a scene as an actor you go into a scene and you're like this is my objective this is how i'm going to reach my objective and you're supposed to maturely think how your character would reach that and to think that award nominated and winning actor lewis gossett jr is slapping a man in the face is just sad and embarrassing and so that makes it a wonderful pick for this i love the movie <laughs> so, i've
0: never um, seen it so I can't oh, you please do about. yeah if, well yeah i mean you you you're just you're selling oh, it to me, nice. so, yeah. Yeah, I definitely yeah. The,
4: the only thing out. that has it coming with the Punisher comic is that he has a skull on his T-shirt. No, <laughs> he never wears the skull on
6: his T-shirt. He doesn't he ever. On I,
4: his knives. I yeah. feel like I saw it. Like maybe it's just I, I have a dream of it that I like because I've seen <laughs> this when I was a kid. Like on like uh, on Saturday or Sunday afternoon matinee TV. Like you, you know, turn the channel to the USA, you uh, or not UFC, uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> one of those the channels that fox used to be on and, and, yes yeah.
6: yeah uhf channels so, right to joe's point about lewis gossett jr the connecting thread is that frank castle keeps leaving these calling card daggers that's what that actually has the punisher logo on the the hill and that, that's how they keep tracking him around the city is that he willy-nilly just leaves these super branded knives but he never wears the punisher logo on his outfit through the
2: entire movie Oh, and wow. he keeps the knives in his office, not like in an evidence cabinet or marked as evidence. He just leaves yeah. them laying around it's, his office. It's his letter opener. <laughs>
6: uh, so uh, that there's your Dolph Lundgren 1987, 1989
0: segue of Bad Seeds. How about you, Jenny? Okay. You have, let's talk about one that's uh, well, on your list.
3: One of mine is also a comic book themed one, but I think a lot of people did not know that because it was overshadowed by other situ- by other circumstances, and that's the original The Crow.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: Obsessed oh. with that film. Obsessed. I
6: saw that movie 15 times in the theater and I think I paid for five of them. <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> so And sadly was the movie where Brandon Lee was killed, yeah. and yeah. I think that really overshadowed any reason people actually saw it, but it is based on a wonderful comic book called The Crow. The comics are incredible. And that's why I wanted to see it. I actually was not a Brandon Lee fan, not trying to be unsympathetic. Like, (laughs) I understand that that was a terrible tragedy. But for me, I was like, why does no one care that Space on one of the best comics ever? Mm
2: -hmm.
4: It also had one of the best soundtracks.
3: Amazing, I
2: yeah. completely, soundtrack. completely agree with you. A generation-defining soundtrack.
3: Absolutely, oh.
4: that was one of the few, like even back then, where every single song on that thing was, ba- you
2: know, every track. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well,
3: yeah. and again, and again, I think the things like you know what happened to Brandon Lee and the soundtrack overshadowed the fact that, like, if you really look at the movie, I mean, it's a okay movie, but definitely wasn't a masterpiece
6: it can't rain all the time is probably yeah. the best line I mean, out of that time. entire movie. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah,
5: for sure.
3: <laughs> so I, just, I, I, I mean, I go, I don't necessarily know that I consider it a bad movie, but I think it's definitely a movie that got overshadowed by its circumstances instead mm-hmm. of its, its actual merits yeah. as yeah. a film.
5: Yeah. Yeah.
3: So
2: it's, it's a, it's a great movie. The story of that movie too, like the changes they had to make after Brandon Lee had passed away. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I hate to be dramatic about it, but I wonder if, because of the changes they had to make, they ended up with a stronger movie than they would have had. Cause I know they were going mm-hmm. to include that whole sequence with like the skull cowboy and how he would, he was kind of the yes. source of Brandon Lee's power in it. And I'm, I see still shots of it. I'm like, this looks so bad and so cheesy. I wonder if the movie would have been worse had they put this stuff in there. And mm-hmm. it's a horrible, it's a horrible way to feel, but what we have with the crow, I think it's, just, I think it's beautiful. And it's funny because until you mentioned it, I always consider The Crow kind of like a masterpiece of its time. Mm-hmm. And, and I forget that I do run into people that are like, eh, you mean that, that movie about the guy who comes back, the zombie guy? And I'm like, what? What? What, 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 what are what you are talking, talking about?
3: about? And, and also, like, the hu- there's a huge rich world yes, all around it. Like, yeah. I'm like, read the comics. They're so amazing. Like, the the indigenous... Mm -hmm. Crow and and so diverse. Like the indigenous crow, there's a there's a female crow, like all nationalities, like anyone can be the crow. There was an amazing transgender crow story. Well,
6: from a marketing point of view, I think that's where they failed to mention it in the sequel because they just they made it look like they were making a sequel to the crow Mm
5: -hmm.
3: without
6: explaining that James Obar created this entirely rich world, but this is a spirit that much like Ghost Rider passes on people to people. Uh, and there's your comic book thread, ladies and gentlemen. But uh <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I I am I agree with Joe what wonder what kind of movie this makes because a lot of those iconic shots we get of the crow in front of the window and running yeah. where you see him silhouetted is actually the stunt man yep. because they had to redo those shots because he wasn't around. And uh, I, I wonder if we would have had those iconic shots
2: had Brandon Lee been with us. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. uh the creator uh James O'Barr, who lives okay. here in Dallas. I've had the pleasure of working with him. I did a very short-lived web series called The Variants. Uh, I love we, that. It's my second
0: favorite to the Guild. Uh, well, great. Oh, wow. Thank you very much. Oh, variant was uh, my <laughs> ultimate favorite, yeah. So it great.
2: was... Uh, it was Barry's so great, he's so great. Uh, <laughs> we had James on a couple episodes and while working with him, I got to strike up a friendship with a guy who I really oh. admired and never knew in a million years I'd ever get to meet. And getting to talk to him about the evolution of the movie and getting to talk to him about the story of the wow. movie and how he was dealing with his own stuff. Like living yeah. in Detroit, he would told me like he'd been stabbed, he'd been shot, he was mm-hmm. depressed, you know, he'd lost, uh, his, he was in a relationship that went south and how, you know, he processed all of that into the crow. And to be able to, to see so many people connect, and I'm paraphrasing what he said, but to see so many people connect to his pain and how he was processing it was to him such a touching and moving thing and helped him get over a lot of darkness in his life.
5: Absolutely. And
2: then when Brandon died making the movie,
5: yeah.
2: uh, I'm saying his name like we were best friends, but when Brandon Lee died making the movie, like, like he is, he is just like, He's still tortured to this day because of it, yeah. that he he will tell very few people that he feels responsible because he made the crow to process his pain, that now, because of what he created, somebody's not here anymore. And it's, you know, it, it breaks your heart when you hear him tell the story. And it's just like, whenever I hear love for this movie, I just feel like a virtual hug around James Obar's neck. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, take oh. that.
6: Please give him an extra big hug for me because I met him at a very small comic con in Philly where nobody knew who he was. He had a very understated table. He was kind of chucked away in Artist Alley. And I saw him and I immediately was like, I I didn't, nobody, they didn't promote him. So somebody had one of the Pro Funko Pops and I ran and I got it and I brought it to him. And he goes, do you mind if I fix this? And I went, no. And he rips the back of the thing open and he takes a Sharpie out and he fixes the makeup on the crow. He's like, they always get this wrong. And I'm like, I was like, and I sat there and talked to him for a solid half hour about a lot of the similar similar things that you mentioned, Joe. I just want to hug that man he's a beautiful
2: human being he's he's so great we had him at a um, when I worked with the comic shop that we had done the the web series with uh, we were doing free sketches for kids and I started laughing because just imagining James O'Barr creator of The Crow is doing free sketches for children and we did a jam (laughs) sketch together where we were playing Robot Unicorn back when that was really big on the phone we were playing Robot Unicorn and so he goes over and we were doing a jam sketch and he draws this beautiful like unicorn with like and uh, like something you would never see James O'Barr draw with like colors and like like you know, rainbows and stuff, and he's like, draw Pikachu riding that, and I'm like, what? I can't draw. Anything. <laughs> so in i in my house, on the wall, I have a sketch that James O'Barr and I drew of Pikachu, a horribly drawn Pikachu riding yeah. robot unicorn, uh, yeah. and that just you know goes to show it. it's not always dark. It does. It can't rain all the time.
5: Right. Uh, well, it's no, that's really
3: that's interesting thing. because they all he also allowed other authors and other writers to tell stories in the world. And mm-hmm. when I mentioned the transgender Crow yeah. story, that was actually written by an author named Poppy Z. Bright, who I absolutely oh, adore. And Poppy Z. Bright at the time was actually transition like, w- like, you mentioned that he wrote the original Crow to work through some of his pain.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Poppy Z. Bright was doing the same thing yeah. to work out his pain because he was actually dealing with, oh, I need to transition and actually Poppy Z Bright is now only the author that wrote. I think that's the last novel that Poppy Z Bright wrote because then that the transition happened. Wow. So it's just you know endearing that like he allowed other people to work out what they needed to work out using that universe. So yeah. that's great. I didn't know we were going to get so deep, you guys. I know, it's so
0: good. <laughs> Never expected this. This
4: is supposed to be
3: fluff.
0: Not super deep intellectual stuff. Um, all right, Jason.
4: <laughs> all right, so if we don't want to get super deep in intellectual
5: <laughs> stuff,
0: this is a good
4: way to go. Thank you. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you and good night. <laughs> um, no, I guess if we're going to keep you on this trend, I'm gonna, I'll am going to. i do the comic book one I was going to do because uh, it's definitely one that in general I don't think anybody but maybe me and Ang Lee might like. But uh, I want to do uh, okay. Ang Lee's 2003 Hulk. <laughs>
5: yeah. Oh, I love
6: that
4: movie. <laughs> Good. I do too. And that's why I wanted to put it on there. So, this, this movie came out in 2003. This is one year after uh, Spider Man came out, uh, the first Spider Man. So, you would, uh, with, uh, from Raimi. So, this is, they decided to get, of all people, Ang Lee. This is two years before he won the Academy Award for Brokeback Mountain. So, his biggest movie at the time was uh, Crouching Tiger. So definitely, maybe not like- the person you'd think to pick uh to do uh the second uh you know the second comic book movie coming out of this particular section you know um this around the same time, I think pretty much only spider man and the x men had really come out in this re kind of this resurgence or this comic book renaissance at that point mm-hmm. um And there's a lot of interesting things about this movie that kind of came into play. So number one is it's very, very dark and serious. In fact, so much so that when they did interviews with Ang Lee and and some of the actors, and they said he kept it sad on set all the time. Like, it was always sad. Like, it was just a depressingly sad set. (laughs) Oh, my. (laughs) And, uh and you can see it in the show cuz you you um I, I rewatched both of these this weekend and when I got in there the it's 10 minutes of just showing there's really no words there's a couple lines in there but really it's just like showing the father Bruce Banner's father showing that he's an alcoholic and mm-hmm. showing that he's abusive as f- and he's that he's testing on his kid but it's just like no words just like a ba- like just like uh David Banner going to his crying kid who's sitting out in a, in a in a um in a, a little, like, children's area and just grabbing toys away from him and watching him cry and just being like, oh, science. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And uh, it, it takes almost 10 minutes to get through that and it's all a dream. It all comes out as a dream and you have to revisit this particular section over and over and over in the movie. But this movie, you know, and I learned this from, uh, you know, one of my, my, my co- co-star on my podcast, who's a writer, who actually did the re-, re- who actually, I was going to say, Wrote the rebooted version of the Crow that never got released. He actually did that oh. that story. Mm-hmm. It didn't go anywhere, yes. um, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, uh, but he he wrote all that. But he was telling me like you don't make a you don't make a movie about a giant green monster and a villain, right? You make a story. So this is a story of abuse. This is the same yeah. story of like Mr. Robot. You have a you have a repressed person who has been abused as a child, you know, physically or whatever. Who's coming to grips with that trauma, and that's that's really what this story is, as acted out by a giant green monster that can grow fifteen feet tall, and uh, and destroy uh, San Francisco,
2: and angry monster poodles.
4: Yeah, exactly. And and angry <laughs> monster
2: dogs. There are so many bad things about this.
4: Um, one of the things, um, Nick Nolte's in this movie, and he's awful. He's absolutely awful, and he grows his hair to be yep. this crazy monster hair, right? And then he got a DUI at the same time. So the DUI photo from this Mm. time period, which you can look up, he's not... uh, Everyone's
1: seen it. Yeah, Yeah. everybody's
4: seen it because they think he turned into a homeless person. No, he was just in character. (laughs) That's his hair (laughs) and costume (laughs) from this movie.
6: That's Um, funny.
5: So
6: what I love about this movie is that we all remember web comics in the 90s, right? Like Mm -hmm. how everything, they would try to force transition, like try to uncomfortably merge comic book panels with a movie, yeah, uh, this movie actually did that for me really well. They
0: did a great I job. I agree. That. It did yeah, that, was, that was definitely something I loved about it.
6: I, I left this movie going, okay, I know what it feels like to be Bruce Banner because I am angry as <laughs> f- <laughs> All right. I am sorry.
5: Hey,
6: there, you um, there There's your... There's,
4: yeah, this movie you made a, a lot of people mad and it didn't make yeah, a lot of yeah. sense. And but, but I think what they did do right was I think that there's actually, you know, especially as you look at the other hulk movies the ed norton movies garbage um and not in the way that i would be like this is good garbage it was just boring and it was just it was you can just it just drips with edward norton rewriting a whole bunch of things to make it worse not better Hmm. this movie and then you know when you go into the marvel movies i i thought he was portrayed great in the first the first avengers but then you get into it it's just silly there's no there's nothing to him anymore he's not dark he's not brooding he doesn't really have any problems he just he just transitions at the wrong time. That's all that, like the most problems they have with him past uh, the, the, the second act of Marvel the, the Marvel's Avenger first movie is, oh, we can't get him to change. Oh, we changed and he won't turn back. And that's it, right? And then be, by the end, he's just a joke in a, and he's wearing a, in a suit. This one gives him an actual reason to be and a reason to exist. And I thought that that interplay, at least, of having trauma built into him and this being a, a creature that was always there, just yeah. waiting to release, was actually a much better... You know, way to go with this, and actually mm. give him some sort of motivation because he's really Frankenstein's monster's monster, right? His dad right. created him; he's the monster created by his dad, repressed on his own, who kind of re-releases this thing. So he's got a Jekyll—he's like Franken- Frankenstein's Jekyll and Hyde, right?
2: There you go. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Nice. So let's mix a few more of those. <laughs> but that,
4: but, but, and that's, but that's kind of how it plays, as opposed to just this guy who didn't mean to, but is a scientist trying to save the world who accidentally got stuck in his own accident which Mm -hmm. right
5: yeah
4: okay okay give give him some depth to it um and then on top of that you know you have some of the better actors to play in these things dude sam elliott is so much better i mean than almost anybody ever right and he plays the character so well it's not even funny you know Mm -hmm. and like if just to get him back i would i would want to reboot this 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 whole uh scene also ang lee wore the suit and pretended to be the Hulk, and he's like five foot three, and he he <laughs> ran really around the studio. You
6: can, if you watch the desert scene, you can kind of see that it's a little guy in a suit <laughs> instead of somebody that's like a massive size guy uh, running around. Because he, it's just that was that desert fight scene's the most awkward, oh, yeah. not necessary fight scene I have ever seen. <laughs> oh
2: yeah, I mean for yeah. me though it felt like home if you grew up watching the uh, the Incredible Hulk like cartoon and reading the comics like there's ever a scene where the Hulk is in the middle of a desert tearing up like vehicles and tanks and right. yeah. and so that was the one part of the movie where I was like I'm familiar with this. I think I like
4: this. <laughs> well, and, and, and I think that's a, another one of the problems. Like, you, you go basically 40 minutes before the Hulk actually comes out. Like, 41:22 mm-hmm. or something like that is when the Hulk first comes out. And he goes to fight those dumb dogs, which <laughs> Nick Nolte basically, you know, those who haven't seen a movie in a long time or have never seen it, basically Nick Nolte injects some of uh, Bruce's DNA into the to his poodles. And they turn into, <laughs> like scooby-doo cgi (laughs) demon dogs and there's even a scene i feel like when he like is hitting the dog like he takes one of the dogs and hits it against the car where its face does that weird eyeball wolf thing like (laughs) like um it's that bad and and Mm. and it 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 would never no matter what you did the minute you injected poodles with Hulk DNA you weren't going to get a good scene especially in a a movie as somber as this one is Mm -hmm. but but I think one of the problems was like when you're Ang Lee and you're trying to create this thing full of, uh, you know, a lot of oh, weight and you're really talking about relationships, the father and the daughter, uh, Betty and the, and the general, and you're talking about the father and the son with, with Bruce. And then you're trying to, like, oh yeah, but also I need to get at least 40 minutes of violence in the middle of this thing where, like, for no reason, because the Hulk doesn't m- mash things for reason except being attacked, right? So it's not like he's going out, they didn't ever find a villain. So, like, what's he got to do? He's got to go to the desert and Tank's got to come after him and he's got to, like, take down a bunch of helicopters because what else are you going to do? Otherwise, it's not a Hulk movie. Well, mm.
6: I, I, I think their perfect homage to Jaws was he was in San Francisco going underground and the streets right. getting broken up and then he yeah. comes out of the ground like Jaws.
4: Exactly. I like that you came up with Jaws because I came up with... Uh, Bugs Bunny. I was like, "What is he doing? He's like trying to
5: get to. <laughs>
4: trying to get to Palm Springs or wherever he always try to go. And he took the left turn at Albuquerque and he came out in the middle yeah. of San Francisco. There you
2: go. So, are you trying to say that maybe uh, the Hulk wasn't uh, a ripe uh, ground for a uh, mental? Uh, <laughs> what, what do I want to say? Like. Uh, <laughs>
5: And the basically
2: the, the allegory for for mental health and uh yeah. and, and and trying to it's, like process these feelings and trauma yeah well, Maybe you should have just focused on making you, a comic you, book movie first. well you
4: know what it's funny about that i and that's a good question you know um and i'm gonna bring up something i really 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 like right now which is uh uh which is that 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 lovecraft country show on hmm. hbo it's a hor- for all intents and purposes it's an h it's a horror show but it's it's an it's a really interesting meditation in race, mm-hmm. in race mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and race relations and taking back you know the, you know Lovecraft was a racist and they actually taking and recreating these stories yeah. that were racist and horrible and re- resetting them up and framing them around the the, the the path of a of a black man and woman and uh, you know traveling through a whole bunch of different stories from like yeah. from somebody being gay and not having to understand that in the 50s to Korea you can absolutely tell a story if you give it the seriousness that somebody like Jordan Peele, or I think even Angley would have done, but I feel like when you try and make this the second, you know, cause you know, at least at the time, the Hulk, if, if as far as Marvel name recognition is up in the top three or four, like nobody knows who Iron Man is. Yeah. Everybody knows who Spider-Man is. Everybody knows who the Hulk is. Everybody knows who the fantastic four are and the X-Men are, but no, you know, But he's in that top 10 piece you can't create this is not the movie you're going to be able to create in two hours with ang lee that's going to make you go oh wow i really processed some trauma (laughs) (laughs) they they, they just won't let you paramount would not they'd just be pissed it's like no more fighting more crawling
6: I, i mean if there was any character i would have rather seen ang lee take it would have been captain america considering everything like fish out of water all his trauma of being like ripped from his world like that would have been perfect but then you, you spent like you the reason I mentioned Jaws is that that's what this movie always felt like I went to go see the shark and I didn't get to see the shark until the very end and I yep. had to suffer through a lot of exposition yes. about this guy's life just to get to see the big green guy smash things
5: yeah yep.
4: no, right. I completely yeah. agree and Banna is not uh the most and he does a good he does a good Bruce because he's so boring, but like he doesn't even do a great English accent. There's a couple times where you can actually hear him going full Australian in there. Mm-hmm. And and he's not compelling enough to be on the screen all the time, which is kind of the point, except you normally get you normally get at least 30 more minutes of the green. Sure. Mm. All right, Barry.
1: <laughs> I'm <Switch>. gonna <laughs> follow this up. Uh, so um, my movie that people love to hate, I think, uh, while it is not a comic book, oeuvre of what we are speaking of my film was turned into a comic book happened, but it, but. It, is, it is amazing and disgusting at the oh, same time
0: oh my god time. i love that oh man and just for those who are not watching it like we are <laughs> it, 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 he held up a comic book of xanagate <laughs> yes uh, oh, i didn't mention Zanadu. the title i'm so
3: sorry the title Zanadu, i'm so Zanadu, sorry guys yeah. we're doing this i'm so, that I'm so upset
2: do. that when Theater you opened the that mind. comic the elo soundtrack didn't just start playing.
3: Oh.
1: <laughs> thinking i should cue up some music honestly yes i was really, i'm you know,
5: alive, but, alive
1: yeah I love yep. well, a little bit of trivia today october 11th happy 40th anniversary to the song xanadu because nice. back in 1980, it, Birthday, uh, it became a number one, number eight on the billboard chart. So I just wanted to, that Very just happened cool. to a couple of my Facebook and here we are, you know, here discussing we are. doing this, we discussing yeah. it. Um, and it also hit number two on the adult contemporary and spent 22 <laughs> weeks there. So uh, yeah, when uh, I listened to this soundtrack before I saw the film. If I remember correctly, I think maybe the soundtrack was released before the film. I'm not quite sure. But, like, it was on repeat in my house. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm that kid that, like, just played it all the time. And, um, you know, I uh, I loved Olivia Newton-John because of Greece. obviously. I mean, who didn't? Um, I had an Olivia Newton-John t-shirt. Like, it was just, like, all of it. They had, like, a place called Meet the Press where you could go and pick, like, from all of the decals and... I picked Olivia Newton-John, like nice. that's so <laughs> ridiculous. I'm I'm that kid. Um, but Gene Kelly is in this movie, and yeah. it was his last musical. He's charming as all hell. I'm best. sorry cursed Kenny uh, oh my God! I know I, I I get the worst one you're okay you're safe <laughs> you did you did um he plays Danny McGuire he's this retired retired um musician businessman and you know some of the film's best moments are with him you know yes. like yeah. he yeah. does this classic song and dancing with Olivia Newton-John and like she's in like this wax suit and like they do this soft shoe and it's gorgeous and then he gets this amazing disgusting makeover routine where he tries on all these different costumes uh-huh. and it's like total like 80s disgustingness and then there's roller skates so <laughs> roller skates. yes um Ugh. you know and this he's movie really made
3: me want to get roller skates i didn't yes, have, I I did think... not oh, yeah, have them too. prior to this i was like I got to get roller skates. Yeah, <laughs> magical lands. Yes, the and you're gonna thing. have
1: a glow about you. Yes, you had to get the skirt and you had to get the uh, the headband and all uh, of that.
5: The whole. Oh
2: thing. yeah, just yeah. the 20 minute finale at the end where they're oh just like, "Oh
1: my gosh!" And why is that not on the soundtrack? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I
2: love it. Yeah, I don't know. I wish it was on the soundtrack. Just like they you. need
1: to release one because that I agree with you. It's like mm-hmm. the whole finale, all. 20 minutes of it. I It's needed, so great. The country-western so section, the, like... Yeah. Yeah.
3: They were yeah. just like, let's there, do there it are movies, We have to do it all.
6: There are <laughs> movies like The Crow and Xanadu that I feel like were re- released either a little too early or, like, because if you release Xanadu now, like,
2: people are going to go nuts for it. It's like... You think...
6: 80s
1: 90s nineties. is really high
2: they've they've made it a broadway musical and i
1: had that in in things i wanted to talk about yeah they turned it into a broadway musical you know it was a satire they Uh took this the show and like i think maybe there's like three lines from the actual screenplay yeah Um, and they just like turn it on its head it played 502 12 performances it was up for a Tony award for best book of a musical and you know wow. and best musical so like but you, but you don't know much about this do you,
5: you don't know much about <laughs> it no, 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 not at
1: all. No. um but it's <laughs> it's amazing and brilliant and like the the actress is like i'm going to become an australian like it's like, <laughs> yes. it's so great it's so i like great. where they, they
2: they lampoon the part in the movie where he borrows the woman's bicycle and he's like go borrow this bike and she's like sure as long as you bring it back and he's like <laughs>
5: Okay, sure, <laughs> yes,
3: <is> <laughs> and
1: she's got that side pony, I think. Yes. If I right. yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah, we can't forget like the amazing cartoon sequence that was right in the middle, done by Don Bluth, who Don did Bluth, tale, right. and like yeah. Land Before Time. Like, it was like it came out of nowhere. And I, from what I understand, they asked Andy Gibb to be the character of Sonny Malone, <laughs> and instead, we got Michael Beck. Which, Oh, dreadful. Let's, um, not
5: speak, let's
2: not speak of Michael <laughs> Beck ever <laughs> again. <laughs> uh,
1: I mean, uh, we're left with this like lifeless lines, like guys like me shouldn't dream anyway. Crumble,
2: crumble, crumble. Yeah. Throw.
5: Like <laughs> oh my it's God. just
1: the worst. And, but,
5: he's,
2: he's so charisma free. He's yes. so charisma
5: free. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.
1: And of course, Kira falls in love with him. Why would we oh, yeah.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. not resist? Yes.
1: And, you know, you just hear the music and that's just what it's all about. It's like that, the soundtrack is just really amazing. Yeah. And, and yes. uh, so uh, I still listen that's to all. it to
0: this day. Yeah, the soundtrack is on my list. Of, Absolutely. I, I mean, I used to I was a 14 year old paper boy and I had the cassette plate tape and I yes. would play it on my routes. And that's all and I listened and to. Flip back, it. Oh, back to back flip to it. back.
1: Flip it. It was yeah. that
0: and Blondie. Those are oh, my two cassettes. Yes. That I would listen to on my route, my paper routes. So I, I, I had
1: I, paper route. I think that was Saturday. how I paid for my LP. Yeah. Same. Same.
6: <laughs> I, my paper route paid for my comic book addiction. Nice.
1: <laughs> Here we are. Uh, those mm. were kind of all I wanted to share about the film. I don't know if anyone else had anything they wanted to share, but like, I just, I love it. And I love that I own the comic. I still love comics. it. I, I,
3: <laughs> I love that you have the comic. I know they made a comic.
5: Now, now no, I, I, I need to get it. one.
3: I, I need I one like, now.
0: Oh. So now I'm going to search the internet and try and find it. because uh, It's
3: very
1: easy to come by. It's, okay, good. good and good, it's good, Marvel. Um, I, and in I the back is it. like a, a making of, like there's like interviews. Oh, and,
3: oh my like, gosh.
1: Nice.
2: Yeah. So what you're saying is we could remake Xanadu today and it could be part of the MCU?
3: Let's I'm, do I'm, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly.
1: Allegedly.
2: Allegedly. Uh,
1: may I direct it, please? Uh, <laughs> that's great. Now, I had several
0: movies I was going to choose from. I'll just do my first one. And I don't know if anyone liked this movie or
1: disliked it. I'm going to do Jupiter Ascending. It's from the Wachowskis. uh, This just came up again. Like, people started talking about it just like it's in the zeitgeist again. Oh, really? Yeah. So I I just heard it talked about, like, recently, like, you should watch this movie. Um, It's funny that you bring it up. I saw it in the theater. I was a huge Wachowski fan. I loved the Matrix. You know,
0: the second... Third, second, and third one were okay, but I really enjoyed the first one. I loved Cloud Atlas.
2: Cloud so really, Atlas is real good. Yeah,
0: yeah. I enjoyed their movies, and they're not for everybody. I know that. Uh, especially like Cloud Atlas. This is probably another one I could have thrown up here as one that most people didn't like. But for some reason, this one, and I know, I know it's not the best acting. I loved the world building. Mm-hmm. I'm all when I go to the movies, I want to be immersed in this world. It's like what you're saying with uh, Master Universe. They didn't immerse us in that world. They just took it and brought them to our world. It was oh, okay. Yeah, I already I can look out the window and see what is on their screen. Yeah. I wanted to go somewhere that was so otherworldly. But and like Black Panther, Chaskis. you yeah, are yes. in that world.
5: Yes. yes. Right.
0: Yeah. So with the Wachowskis, it was they they're such good world builders. Yeah. And that's yes. what I loved about this movie the most was the fact that I felt like I was being transported to something I very rarely see. There were aliens I'd never seen before. There were you know, I just I liked the way it was, and then you have the weird like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy section in the middle, where she's trying <laughs> to get her signet, her seal. Mm-hmm.
5: You know, and then
0: it's this weird comedic bit in between. Uh, I'm not a, you know, I Channing Tatum is fine with, you know, it's not he's not great, but I don't think he's horrible either.
1: Easy
0: on the didn't, eyes. I did well, yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't, I didn't know. Even uh, Mila is, you know, another one who's I think she's really good and easy on the eyes as well. <laughs> so I mean. I don't know where people disliked it. I had a hard no. time.
1: <laughs> yes, I Michael. Michael. Michael will Michael
6: I think the problem, I liked it. I enjoyed it. But what I had to get over is the marketing of it. Because I think the marketing of it put too much focus on Channing Tatum and me. Like, it, right.
5: you,
6: you did not get a sense that there's a huge world built in the trailers mm. of this movie. That's so it just true. looked like we're going to have... You know, uh, Channing Tatum and Mila Kunis running around and, you know, as a huge fan of Fifth Element and a huge fan of like those type of movies, like having watched this movie later on, like I wish I would have gone and seen it at the theater just because of mm-hmm. the scope. But I think the marketing of it just got so the people marketing the movie did not know what they had, which is why I end up like it getting lambasted for what it was.
4: Mm-hmm. I think for me with this particular movie, because I can't say I hate it because I can ne- I've never been able to get through it. Mm. And, I don't, I, and, I, and I don't mean that in like, I, I, you know, I've started it several times. There's something about the way it starts that's not off-putting, but doesn't, also doesn't indicate that you've got a bigger thing going on. There's a lot of exposition. There's a lot of why is this happening to me kind of stuff that you mm-hmm. see a lot. And so it, it didn't hook me. And I've tried it a couple times. I know once I get past that part and we actually get into the story, it'll be better, but it was one of those ones where it's like I got distracted and never went back to it like eight times. Mm. Like, sincerely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, I mean, if my biggest complaint was probably Eddie Redmayne, and I love him, but I don't think, I did not like his direction. He mumbled through the entire thing. A lot of times I had to do closed captioning just to hear what he said. Um, and, you know, and, and he was the bad guy. He's He's the main villain of the story.
1: But, yeah, it's just
5: they I don't
2: know.
1: So I... good and
2: lame is. Duh. <Well>. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible, Marius. Horrible.
0: <laughs> I like him in the what, the theory of everything, where he played Stephen Hawking. We can have a
1: whole another discussion about
5: no. lame <laughs> to. Let's do Barry. Actually, Let's it, Barry. Let's do no this right Crowe, now. I'll tell you that. Let's, that,
4: <laughs> that 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 the I mean Eddie was Marius is a. I I don't want to say a swear word about that character in general. So like he's not that important to me as far as the whole Eminem story to re- and if we're going to get into this Russell Crowe wrecked that movie so badly. What do you um, mean
1: it, Russell Crowe?
4: Even though that like <laughs> I thought the rest of the singers were great. I actually really enjoyed that movie
1: and Russell Crowe kept messing it up for me. I know oh, yeah. I yeah. I want to like I want to put like someone from the Broadway cast album and like just re-edit, have Russell Crowe on the, my screen, but Rude. someone else sing. <laughs> but <Like>, lip-syncing
5: <laughs> Philip Quast. <they> <laughs> lip Philip Quast. Quast please. please, Philip Quast. <laughs> yeah, please, Norman Lewis, please. Sorry. For real. Because
4: I that's really so enjoyed funny. it. I mean, that's one of those movies. I like the sets. I like how big they made it. Yeah. I even deal
1: with the new song that didn't need to be added. Yeah. It's already long mm-hmm. enough. Cole but... Wilkinson was in it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, when that, he showed up on screen, I was like, shut up.
2: The original Jean Valjean is it's like, like it's You hard. should just take over from here Just keep yeah. doing
3: it can We not about or Jupiter Ascending I don't
5: Sorry, I
1: apologize I took this in a whole last track. It's my fault too, I'm
4: sorry I'm just like, I was like, you know, you can hate on Eddie Redmay But he was not the problem with that
6: <laughs> so he, he was the connective tissue to Jupiter Ascending so we,
5: Yes, we, there we go We're
6: right.
0: back Tie it all back <laughs> All right, let's go some really quick, since we've we probably ran about half hour or so. Well,
3: longer than that. A yeah, little longer than
6: that, my friend.
0: Let's go ahead. Well, let's go ahead and just do our, we all picked two movies. Speed let's round? Talk, talk about, yes, just very quickly, no more than like five minutes on each topic.
6: I'm going to go with the movie, uh, which was my second choice, that is the reason that we have Pixar, which is Howard the Duck.
0: Oh, love <laughs> it. Howard
6: the
3: Duck.
0: I love
6: Howard uh, the Duck. We are
3: so comic book movie focused. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we are nerds, so we are. Yeah. It's yeah. True. yeah I'm not absolutely. knocking it. I think it's great. <laughs> also, I uh, love Howard the Duck.
6: I, I absolutely love Howard the Duck, but I also love Howard the Duck enough that uh, I got deep into the lore of Howard the Duck and realized mm-hmm. that if had this been successful, Pixar would not be Pixar because uh, oh, Lucas had built Lucas had built Skywalker Ranch and had almost bankrupted himself and he was hoping that the, the money from Howard the Duck would save him from it <laughs> because he thought it was going to be a huge box office success and he ended up having to sell off Pixar. Wow, um, I didn't know as, that. As oh. part of recovering his losses.
0: Wow. wow. Interesting. Very cool. Uh, yeah, huge huge fan of Howard the Duck. I did a, a Leah Thompson double feature of Howard the Duck and Space Camp. In the
5: movie theater. Oh, nice. nice. right?
0: That's where I saw them. Yeah. Double feature, $2 feed. It was awesome. Wow. Um, That's a good pair. I like that
6: those too. are the two yeah.
3: films they picked for Leah Thompson. Yep. I yes, do appreciate course. that. Great. Those are the
6: two. <laughs> but if you're a fan of, of Jeffrey Jones, this is like Jeffrey Jones in all of his Jeffrey Jones, mm-hmm. Ferris Bueller glory. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it is horribly awesome. Yeah. yeah I really want it. to revisit
1: it's, it. Because I haven't good. watched it in a long time. Yeah. So good. good.
3: I don't know yeah. if it holds up. I haven't watched it.
6: Oh, it doesn't it doesn't hold up by today's standards, okay. but as an 80s kid, you're going to love it.
2: Yeah. It's amazing seeing Tim Robbins in this early role. Oh, that's uh, right. As Filthy. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty fun.
6: No, I just, my, my last comment was the the female duck in the bathtub, and
5: that was all I was expecting. Oh, my God. Yes, there we go. I, why could, we
2: couldn't why, did, why did the duck have nipples? Why did the <laughs> duck have
1: nipples? Yeah,
4: we could not
2: mention that. It's
4: a, first movie Because the, that's the first movie I ever saw a condom in. Like, they pulled the condom out with the feather in it. Because like, yeah. uh, that yeah. movie came out 86, so I would have been nine years old when that movie came out. So that's the first movie I actually saw an open-pack condom and I wow. didn't really know what it was for. <laughs>
3: well, there we go. I love that trick.
4: Thank <laughs> you, Howard the Duck,
5: for
3: <laughs> <laughs> sexual awakening. Teaching kids about what's oh really
4: important. If you want to talk about this <laughs> th- th- that first movie, that was Top Gun, that weird kissing scene that I didn't know was going on downstairs. I was like, whoa, why is this happening to my body? <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs>
1: but no condom there no condom oh. there that's why
2: I, I figured out from then on I knew <laughs> but, but there was a goose so <laughs> <laughs> boom it's true. Nice,
1: oh, nice 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 on well oh, good job sir good job. Uh, okay <laughs> uh, Barry Appreciate why don't you tell us for second one um, my second film um, is another musical. Sorry guys, but uh hey. and ladies, sorry. Uh another musical, the pirate movie, which I also have paraphernalia. I have the novel version <laughs> of the pirate movie. Yes, I they turned it
3: into a novel. This film.
1: I thought um, you were talking I, about the pornography. Uh no. <laughs>
4: I really did, because I think there's a pirate one called just Pirates, but that's a pornography.
1: This is Christy McNichol and uh, Christopher Atkins. I remember this movie. Um, It is a um, mock-off of the uh, Pirates of the Penzance. They took half the songs of Pirates of the Penzance and then this really amazing 80s score, a song called Pumpin' and Blowin'. Uh yeah.
3: Okay, yeah. Well,
1: yeah. It's like not what is. you think because he goes down and goes deep sea dive. I'm sorry, he does what? he goes where <laughs> he goes down,
5: down, it oh.
1: keeping the air going. So yeah, that's oh, yeah, he does. Yeah. Air <laughs> <Yeah. I'm laughs> blowing. I love exactly I love this film so much because like in the late 80s, I watched it over and over on repeat on HBO. I don't know if you remember, they had like eight movies they showed, like yes. like mm-hmm. uh the night of the comet. Like, yeah, <laughs> the oh, right. movie, Mommy Dearest, like they just had them in rotation, and you, I just watched all of them and ate them all up. Yeah, so N- Night of the Comet was
6: only edged out of my top three because I wanted to keep with like bad Marvel comic movies, but
1: Night <laughs> of the Comic is right there for me. So we will mm-hmm. reconvene so and talk about Night of the Comic
3: Part Two. <laughs> <Yes, laughs> <right. Part> two.
1: <laughs> Jamie, what's um, your second movie? Yeah,
3: my second movie is 13 Ghosts the original by William Castle, as well as, because they did this with William Castle movies, right? They had this whole thing where they're like, we're going to take classic William Castle movies and modernize them. So House on Haunted Hill is the one everyone thinks of, but he had a bunch of others. So 13 Ghosts was a cheesy B horror movie that was William Castle, but like really bad William Castle. Horrible special effects because it was like this family that inherited this house and then surprise it's possessed by 12 ghosts and the whole time they're like you're like who is what's the 13th ghost and it has this really (laughs) cheesy ending where one of the family ends up getting killed because they turn out to be a bad person and they become the 13th ghost. No, you're kidding. No. (laughs) So cheesy. And then, in I think the late 90s, no, it's probably the 2000s, they tried to do this like sexy updated version.
1: I watched that because oh. of the Netflix series. I then watched that version.
3: Yeah. The thing about it is, though, in the modern version, they did amazing world building yes. about all the ghosts. And every single one of them had backstories. But when you actually they looked amazing. Movie, They looked amazing. You see them all for like two seconds because
5: it's
3: 12 different ghosts and they all have stories. So you don't, in the movie, you see none of it, but there was this amazing website that you could Mm. dig into. Like to me, it was like Blair Witch. It had all this amazing backstory you could dig into. Nobody knew that. (laughs) I don't even know how
6: I found it. I, I actually, I love the, the it's 2000, I think it's 2000, 2001, 13 Ghosts. It's got Matthew Lillard. Um, Matthew
3: Lillard, yeah.
6: And uh, uh Shannon Elizabeth, hot off of, of American yeah, Pie. Yeah,
3: American <laughs> Pie.
6: Like, and I loved it because it was, you know, I was aware of the original. And it is one of those that's like, it takes a little bit of notes from the original, throws mm-hmm. everything else away, and it makes yep. its own movie. And I'm okay with that because like. Yeah. Like you don't need that. Ooh, who's the thirteenth? Like I was legit scared of thirteen ghosts. That because uh, they did this cool thing with like glasses, where like you put the glasses, glasses on and on then and you then... see them. Mm-hmm. And like legit scared of a crappy movie. Which they also- t-
3: that did that is the aspect they took from the original. Because mm-hmm. in the original, it's like ooh, there was these glasses you put them on. You're like, oh. My favorite was the lion tamer in the original, where the cheesy special effects. That the whole thing is that the lion bit the guy's head off. Because the lion trainer yep. was putting the head in and then the lion bit down. And I always wondered, like, I was like, well, does the lion count as one of the ghosts? <laughs> <laughs> you saw the, and I counted them. The lion does not count, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> but the lion is there, too. So <laughs> this is the kind of things I did as a kid. I was like, well, I don't really understand. The lion should be one of the ghosts. So this whole thing just doesn't work.
1: <laughs> Something doesn't <laughs> add up. This yeah. House of
2: Cards is blown down.
3: <laughs> How about you, Jason? I, b- oh, by the sorry, way, Jenny. I saw that movie way too young. That's the other Yeah, point. that's the a good running
0: theme with Jenny. Seeing movies oh, yeah. way too <laughs> young. But too young. So
4: I, I don't yes.
3: know what my, my parents are not paying attention. <laughs> They're in the other room though. My, I, wasn't
4: <laughs> my, for, I had a I had a cousin that was one year older than me. So even we're like, but we're still talking single digit age for me at least. And my, I had a I have a uh, I come from a uh, my my nana, a very nice lady would let me and my net, my cousin go get movies all the time. And he would pick only Cheech and Chong movies. I had no idea what we was, my, but my grandma never cared. She didn't give a shit. Like everybody's high on something and I'm watching these movies at nine or 10 and I have no idea what's going on. But I can only imagine now what, like, any good parent would have thought about that situation. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I
6: yeah. also look at the stuff that came out in the 80s when we grew up, uh, late 70s and early 80s, and I don't know a single adult that would show any of it to a child 11 and under.
5: Oh, we were
1: we were watching them. Like yeah. and, we, and we
2: watched it like it was nothing. Mm-hmm. I would yeah. not show my children. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Even the way, even the way the kids talk to each other in yeah. ET, I, I keep trying to let. Yeah. I tell my wife, same like, thing it's same time thing for it? my daughter to watch ET. I'm like, let's let Harper watch ET, and she's watch. She's like, no, they just all the swear words. I'm like, I think I watched this when I was younger than her.
4: Yeah. Well, the same thing at the beginning of the Goonies. It's great, but it's still like, it's not necessarily what you're going to show a seven or eight year old these days. Ooh. The statue. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs>
5: if
2: God made us like that, we'd all be peeing in her face. <laughs>
4: There was a lot of dingus back in TV, Yes, there
5: back. was.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Even if it's statues. Oh, okay, so speaking of, of gratuitous sex, I chose oh, a movie boy. that I, I think is a little bit of a cult classic now, and it um, riff tracks one of their favorites, uh, Roadhouse.
1: Oh, yeah. Patrick oh, oh, yes.
4: It's such a bad movie. There's nothing about it that makes sense, and there should be no good reason to watch it. It, it starts with a guy who is, who is just the master of, like the best bouncer in the world, right? He's the cooler. <laughs> And he goes to the he goes to this Missouri town. None of it's shot in Missouri, by the way. It's all shot in California but they set this Missouri town into this roadhouse bar that's bigger than any bar in any yeah. other state I've ever been to. There's two stories and tons of people dancing and it's violent, but there's already a crowd of like two or 300 people at the bar already. Like any bar without much fighting would have zero people and police every day, but no, it's, they just all still go. The girls still get in and people are still partying and there's still a great jazz musician playing all the time. And so he's really got to correct. Like he just really has to bring in a better clientele because they have plenty of people. Right. It's just that they can't afford to replace the tables every day. Um, and so this turns into one of those walking tall situations when you find out the real enemy is this uh, this uh, this guy who just kind of runs the city. Some he's not even. it's not even clear to me what he is. He doesn't like run a store. He just has like a, a racket where he collects 10 percent from all these people in a really small town from every business and that. So you're not talking about knocking down a bunch of bodegas or, you know or restaurants in, in the middle of New Jersey. You're talking about not gonna, like, he shakes down, like, the, the, the hardware store. Right, like that's where he's going. He's like we're, I need ten percent of whatever you made in oil and screwdrivers this week.
5: Twine, whatever <laughs> <laughs> you made
6: in twine. It, was, it, it reminded me of like Boss Hog if he stepped up his game just a fraction, just
4: a of it. little bit. He's like we can't arrest him. The police are in his pocket. There's no police anywhere. <laughs> There's there are so many violent. Like the police show up at the end, but there are no police anywhere. There's the biggest fights you've ever seen in any place. Like if you had that fight one time in your bar. Nobody would ever go there again. You're done. There every other day, and everybody's just kind of cool with it. The other thing
6: that I
2: think Bro, Patrick Swayze rips a guy's throat throat out out. and doesn't get get arrested for homicide.
4: Jason,
6: what's the one rule? (laughs) Oh, yeah, be nice. Be nice. Until (laughs) until it's time not to be
2: nice. Well, when are we going to know when it's (laughs) –
5: I'll tell you. I'll
4: there tell we you. go. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was reading something. That's actually still, that, that for a while, I don't know if it still is, uh, was part of the NYPD training program. They put that scene up of him telling everybody to be nice as part of the training program because be, okay. people were pa- falling asleep. Some interesting <laughs> things about this movie. Uh, Annette Bening was actually supposed to be the love interest, which would have been a really weird situation to see her get fingered against the wall. Oh, God. Um, oh, <laughs> oh. I apologize. Fingered probably a beep, beep. Um,
3: you take it. <laughs> but I'll take it. Double bleep.
4: Yeah, there are so many boobs in this movie. Is, this, is, this is another one of those movies like young Jason learned a, bit, a lot about a lot of things but didn't quite understand what they were for <laughs> thanks to this movie. There are wet t-shirt contests all over the place. Sam Elliott is in this movie. So that's my tie back to the Hulk. and he. I is, was going
3: to say, another Sam Elliott reference. And he Good. is
4: sexy as hell in this movie. He's got hey. the long hair, and he's got, <laughs> but he's still got the voice. But it's gray, so it's like a pepper kind of thing. He still plays the dad. Hey. Oh my goodness, such a good-looking man. But like not but he he still got the he's like not the cowboy Sam Elliott, he's like the long-haired like yes.
2: mountain biker, like like yeah. a biker Sam Elliott. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Very um, cool. Great. Uh, Joe. Well, I feel bad because I think everybody's second choice is way better than mine. Um but I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to I'm going to wrap it up here with 19 Pirate ones.
1: movie is better than anything you ever <laughs> Yeah, all
2: right. <laughs> I think pirate movie is going to be better than this one. I'd be surprised if like well, I, I think you guys, this group, may have seen this movie in 1991. There was this weird—I can't tell if it was a marketing ploy or if it was just some guy who spent the night looking at all the products in his, like, in his garage and in his pantry—and was like, "I'm going to just write a movie about all this stuff." And so I'm going to tell you a little bit about 1991's Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man, oh, yeah. Um, uh, starring Mickey Rourke and Don Johnson. Of course, <laughs> you haven't heard of it. Oh my Not <laughs> have heard of this movie. <laughs> I, I worked
1: in a video people. store, so
2: unfortunately. This, oh yes, yeah. I it. yeah. <laughs> this thing's all the time. Yeah.
5: It's
0: the only reason I know that
2: movie. This uh <laughs> this this movie's about it's it's too much testosterone, but you've got these two lifelong friends, Harley Davidson. Who rides a motorcycle, you and talk? the Marlboro Man who
5: smokes. <laughs> smokes. Uh,
2: wow! <laughs> and they meet back up after years of like you know going their own way. They meet back up in in well, Burbank, California, where they've turned have uh, <laughs> turned Burbank into its its own international airport. But their buddy's bar sits right inside, and I guess the city's trying to close it down so they can expand the airport a little bit or whatever. Their buddy, played by Gus Fring. Uh, that would be... Uh, uh, Giancarlo Esposito? Yeah, Giancarlo Esposito, mm. who plays Jimmy Walker. They've got another friend named Jack Daniels. Oh They've got God. a love interest God. named Virginia Slims. Stop oh, it. Yeah. Oh, oh did they
3: get the license to all these things?
2: I think they did. I think <laughs> oh all these companies goodness. were like, you're going to put all of our characters yeah. in a movie.
5: This it. is the only You're place they on. This
4: would be the only place on TV at this time because the, they were all banned. Uh, like a liquor brand could be mm-hmm. mentioned on yeah. in a commercial, right. so they, would they probably got love around this like shit.
2: the advertisements. Yeah. So these guys get together, they decide we're going to rob a bank to save this bar, and they rob a bank only to find out that the bank was using their transfers as a front to transport narcotics. There's this this drug that you put in your eyes called Crystal Dream, and they ended up stealing a bunch of it, and so they're like, look. Let's sell it back to the bank and make our money to save the bar. Like the dumbest plot ever because I'm like, yes. well, they're going to kill you and they know where you live. So that's dumb. <laughs> so, yeah, they end up the, – these guys from the bar uh, come back and they kill all their friends. And so Harley and Marlboro are on the run trying to like clear their names and get revenge for their buddies that got killed. And in the end, it leads to a very – I don't know, like a, just a lackluster climax with uh, what Tom Sizemore, I think, plays the big bad.
3: Oh my god. And
2: they shoot up his office and he talks a whole bunch of crap to him and uh, ends up getting kicked out a window. And like that's the end of the movie. Again, they kill a man and no one gets arrested. They shoot up the office. No one gets arrested. Uh, happily ever after, they go their own ways. Marlboro becomes a, a rodeo cowboy and, <laughs> uh, and Harley <laughs> Davidson picks up some teenager on the side of the road and rides off into the sunset. Spoilers Yep. For anyone who wanted yeah. to
3: watch, I'm so <laughs> gonna so, run out and see it. So I feel like just, you just brought it to life for me. Thank
4: this, you. I, 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 I want to go back. This crystal dream—it yeah. sounds it's like a dream. such a '90s drug, right? Like when it I is. imagine it, it's like a cross between LSD and crystal meth. Like yes. you put in your eyes. yeah so what, did, what, 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 what did it do? Like, what does this drug do? Do you remember? That's
2: exactly it. You put it in your eyes, and you hallucinate. <laughs> That's it. That's the how they described the it. Yep. That, nice. that was it. And and the thing is. As bad as this movie is, and it is incredibly bad, there's this weird – and I'm not usually into like the, the, the borderline toxic masculinity. There's something so cartoony about the way these guys play it that it's almost like – Hartley and Marlboro are almost like watching Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck. Like it's, yeah. it's a live-action uh, cartoon. And yeah. for some reason, it endears itself to me through that. Uh, but it's not for everybody. I don't Have you
1: watched it more than one time?
2: I've watched a bunch. I've watched it <laughs> so much. I watched it more when I was a child and like okay. when I was an impressionable youth, and I thought, this is how men behave. Uh, and, and then <laughs> Isn't learned. that always scary? Nope. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> the, <laughs> uh,
6: the, only, yeah. the only other movie I've seen successfully use brand names as characters uh, and be equally cheesy is Hudson Hawk.
4: Oh, God. Oh, yeah, that yes. That's another one that we should have talked about today. That's, mm-hmm. That is so bad and good all at the same time.
6: Yeah, but that movie knows what it is. I don't think uh, Marlon Man knew what it no. it knew what it wanted to be. It wanted to be Easy Rider, yep. but it was right. not Easy
4: Rider. Mickey Mickey Rourke would never be in a parody of a toxic masculinity movie. He has to be the toxic <laughs> <Yes>. masculinity. <laughs> the only yeah, yeah. He, he's authentic to his creepy, weird, authentic <laughs> alpha male status.
0: All right, well, I think I have the last one here. Yes, sir. Um, my second movie, I had some to choose sub- from. I'm going to go with Jaws 3D.
5: <laughs> mm. I was wondering
3: oh. when we were gonna come back around to this. I was, I was a like, huge well, Jaws? Yeah. Jaws. I was a huge Jaws
0: fan and I loved Jaws too. I thought it was even better than the first.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and, and then there came three with you know, or it was Jaws 3D. It wasn't actually Jaws 3. Uh it was shot it's still in 3D. Called
1: that. Yeah, it was
0: showing. If you in look 3D. it up on HBO 3D. Max, it
1: still says Jaws 3D. Jaws
5: 3D. Yeah,
0: it's Jaws 3D is the name of the movie. Um <laughs> I don't know what it, I love the fact that it was it was a marine world, so it was like Sea World, but it was a marine. It was called Marine World because I'm not going to use Sea World's name. But you know, it was all set in this one location. Uh, the Jaws came to them this time, and it was actually the mother of a baby that they captured, and she was upset, so that's why she killed people. It's like I'm coming um, for you.
5: Yeah, yeah, and
0: of course, and it tied in with the original Jaws yeah. movies because it had. The two brothers, Roy Schreider, Schroeder, Schreider, Schreider, Schreiber, Schrider, Schreiber,
5: Schreiber,
2: yeah, yeah, there Schreider. you go. It's <laughs> a <laughs> so well, whole episode of us trying to figure out how to say <laughs> it.
0: But, but it's the two boys that are actually in episode one, episode two, and actually one of them dies in episode three. The, I mean, think a younger one dies in three. The three alert. Yeah, oh. Spoiler alert. So Spoilers if you have seen it. But yeah, I, I just, I adored that movie. Uh, I remember watching it in the theater in 3D. You know, the only really 3D moment is when the shot, Jaws uh, breaks through the, the glass of the underwater observation and the glass shoots out of the game, and the nose come out, comes at you. And everyone but, screamed. And yeah. well, it's
4: one of those really funny scenes too because I'm actually just watching it while we talk too. Um, <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> he's the shark kind of swims toward the glass really slow like everything yes. moves really fast until you get to the 3d scene and it just kind of hits the glass and then freezes like it just like so, to get the whole 3d effect like if you were to change everything it
6: from, slows yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah
4: it's like listen it's 3d so the, i think that's part of the reason they keep the name of it called 3d so you can see
1: these scenes and got, not go what the i'm oh, sorry Fred. what
3: the heck <laughs> did they keep the this
1: in going there for what's
3: going
1: on? <laughs> <laughs> now was it blue and red 3D glasses, or is it the kind we wear now today? Oh, no, it's blue and red. Blue oh, God. Red. Blue and red. This yeah. is back in the 80s. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. sure if we had converted to that yet or not. No, this, this is, yeah. This That this. was never really 3D. Like, it yeah. was never 3D. Yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah. I just want to
6: give, Kenny, I want to give you some uh, props on all of your restraint, because Jason and I set you up so hard to bring up Jaws 3D after talking about the Hulk, and you didn't I take <laughs> yeah. it. know, and I
0: did yeah. not yeah. take it. He, was, he saved it. It. I'm well it. Well done. I'm a professional
5: Save host. Right. I'm not off yet. I had
1: this
0: all planned out. I,
1: I know our audience can't see, but Joe, are you watching it now? I'm watching you, the I, clip.
2: Okay, first off,
1: I,
5: <laughs> I know, I'm watching your face <laughs>
1: change on Zoom. Like, what? <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, everything about this scene is. It's everything. This is everything. Oh, my gosh. Like, Dennis Quaid looks like he's 12 years old. I've never seen this movie. This is insane. You
1: have not seen Jaws
2: 3D? No, sir. On, not
1: until tonight. So everyone finish needs recording. to pause this, <laughs> and for, yeah. go watch it, and then just, come back.
4: And just, just know back. that yeah. this is an IT office under the water, like with a window. Like, yes. they, this is where they're keeping their mainframes, just like right
5: <laughs> yeah, next totally makes sense.
4: To this big glass window <laughs> filled yep. with sea animals. Like, not. I'm not. I'm just saying. I got my MCSE <laughs> back in the day, and Microsoft would not recommend this. <laughs>
2: Good pick. Uh, yeah, uh, I, it's, I,
5: I just,
6: it's good. It's a good, good movie. Oh,
5: man.
6: I just I'm I'm now watching this clip. Oh okay. uh,
5: God, every,
1: <laughs> Jenny, do you feel like we should? Like,
3: I, know, do this? I, I I didn't know there was going to be a live viewing.
1: <laughs> I, I feel like we're left out.
3: <laughs> and, and
1: the
6: one thing that I had completely forgotten about this clip is the bad jaws clamping of the mouth,
5: <laughs> and, mm.
6: like the how mechanical, like. You you do the Universal ride and you see the mechanical right. clapping, and <laughs> yes. you forget that that is not like a theme park poorly recreating it. That's what it looks like. In That's the movie. What it like. <laughs> you
3: No, know, they yeah. took
1: they took the one from the film and put it into Universal. That's yeah. It. Okay. yeah. Oh, I don't know if it's the same clip that I'm looking
4: at, but the, near the end of it, there's an exploding 3D scene where like his guts and yes. teeth just shoot
0: out at you. They shoot out at, at the screen, yeah, and then they freeze. Yeah, and then they freeze Beautiful. them just the teeth, like right just, next to each other, like ah.
1: Yeah, and then it freezes. It's so and fun. then was that the finale? Uh-huh. Yeah, that was at the end of the film.
0: That was that. the end of the film. Yeah,
1: they blew. Yeah. the freeze, the frozen teeth freeze The end. No,
0: oh the, end is, the end is the end. In the girls worried about her dolphins and they're in the waters and she's yeah they're jumping around and they're all excited. They Delightful.
3: Survive. Yeah.
2: Good. Anyways, good choice. I am so happy <laughs> this is in my life now.
3: <laughs> I'm <laughs>
0: Well, I want to thank you guys for joining me for discussing um, thank you. favorite cat movies much. that we love. I want to run around really quick, and I know a lot of you do a lot of stuff online. Oh. If you want to promote anything, this is the time to do it. Uh, or if you want to just give out your Twitter or Instagram or whatever, that's all cool, too. So, uh, Jenny, do you want to I don't have anything
3: specifically to promote right now, but um, you can find me on social media at, at everything's under just my name. Jenny Powell. The only tricky thing is I spell Jenny J E N N I. There you go. So. Yep, Joe?
2: Um, yeah, I'll, I do a, a weekly podcast called The Editing Bay where we talk about good movies and bad movies and yeah, all kinds of stuff. We're getting ready to kick off our Halloween discussions this week. I don't know when this is going to go up, but uh, we're, we did The Craft. Uh, and nice. then we're going to be talking about the Chance the Rapper movie Slice. Uh, after that. Uh, and uh, I also do uh, some English dub for anime. Uh, did a show recently called Id Invaded, which is kind of a cool cross between Bones and that Jennifer Lopez movie, The Cell. And uh, and you can catch that on Funimation. I play the character Shiratake. So oh, wow. please watch it. Or, uh, that sounds awesome. Patronizes.
0: Michael?
6: Like Jenny, I have nothing to promote <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh but you can find me on instagram it's uh my first two initials m c and my last name doherty d-o-u-g-h-e-r-t-y so it's mc doherty i am not a dj i am not a rapper it is just unfortunately <laughs> totally. the, way that the spell out. Uh, yeah. so uh if you like some nerdiness follow me there
1: it's funny you're doherty and i'm doherty
6: Yes. You and I could probably have an hour long discussion of all the different ways people say this last
1: week. Well, the funny thing is, when I met my husband, I thought his name was Doherty, and I was like, that's sexy. And then I found out it was Doherty. I was like, oh. Um. Can we
4: just repronounce it
1: together? Oh, yeah. i repronounce it. Doherty and Dougherty. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs>
6: I, I, uh, a conversation for another
1: podcast. Yes. Yeah. I don't have anything to promote. I just, I do theater and uh, HarmonyTheaterInc.com is, is the organization. It's, a, it's adults with developmental disabilities and we do some wonderful work. It's a great charity. So I just awesome. want to promote that maybe. Cool.
4: Jason? All right. Well, <laughs> I'll make it up for all the rest of you who didn't have anything to promote. <laughs> um, all right. So first off, I have a daily podcast t- called Stuck at Home with Cliff and Jason and it's me. And uh, my, my co-host, Cliff Dorfman, who's a writer-director. Um, and we just talk about content and what's going on. We interview everybody from uh, last week we had the showrunner from and a creator of Raised by Wolves, H. John Benjamin, Gilbert Godfrey, a bunch of rad people. And we just talk about content and what's coming out. And that's daily, like I said, so you can get that where you get podcasts or you can actually go to the Facebook page, Starburns Audio. So that's the second thing I'm going to promote. I host. I, I run a podcast network with about 40 podcasts from everybody from Joe Coy on down to Paula Poundstone and Miss Pat. Uh, please check those out at StarburnsAudio.com. And speaking of that, we are really excited. We just released uh, the first episode of our newest podcast, Babo Supreme, which was written and directed by Tim Robbins. We have an insane cast on this thing. Uh, Isla Fisher, Ray Wise, Jack Black, Carrie Kinney-Silver from Reno 911, Ricky Lindholm, Patton Oswalt. Uh, Tom Lennon, uh, like I said, Ray Wise, Alfred Woodard, Haley Joel Osment—it's out of control, and uh, it's a—it's a—it's a very much a satire of today's age. And uh, Bobbo is the spiritual successor of Bob Roberts, Tim Robbins' old Tim Robbins' movie from back in the day, mm-hmm. and also a very—you probably might find him familiar to anybody who pays attention to the White House. I recommend it. First episode is free; everything else is on patreon at tim robbins presents and there i covered everybody's uh
0: things. <laughs> thank you and this will all be in the show notes so if you, if you, you did get any information that. yeah they'll send it to me and i'll make sure mm-hmm. it's all in the show notes.
6: i, I was just gonna say uh I, jason thank you for introducing us to a bunch of people who are just starting their careers who have never done it. <laughs> yet
4: <laughs> i do what i can to really uplift those um, but we do honestly we have a lot of really great people like that um we have a really cool set of shows on uh, on Starburns Audio from people that are just starting out that are doing great. Uh, from uh, Ghosted, we have uh, Roz Dresveless, who's this amazing comic drag queen who does a, a Ghost Hunter show that is really great. We're doing some good stuff for Halloween on that one. Uh, Kyle Ayers, if you don't know him, he's a very funny comedian. does a show, again, attached to this kind of stuff where he, he has people who haven't seen a movie write a scene from it. Um, <laughs> and then nice. everybody reads it and acts it out. So it's, it's a nice very funny. Right now. Yeah
0: right awesome awesome all right guys thank you so much again for thank you, chatting Kenny. with me and uh we'll talk with you guys again soon thank all you right, thank you bye
3: everyone i'm leaving um, as if you could see me
2: but. yeah, yeah exactly. i did the same thing
3: <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right i hope you enjoyed that episode as i said we could have gone on and on about movies that we love that uh, generally people do not uh it was a lot of fun we had a lot of discussion there were lots of tangents uh, these are some great guests, and they were all very knowledgeable on the topic that they were discussing. And we could have talked for hours, but. Um you know, I was, I was trying to keep it short as possible. And I still ran over about a half hour than my usual podcast. But still, it was a great conversation. It was a great roundtable. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. I once again want to thank my guest hosts, Ginny, Joe, Jason, Michael, and Barry. And of course, I want to thank my listeners for coming back each month to enjoy another roundtable. So until next time, guys, take care. Alienation, the Newcomers podcast is a fan cast devoted to the groundbreaking but short-lived TV series Alienation. This series tackles social issues like racism, bigotry, and intolerance with an alien twist. Each month, we will bring you a podcast dedicated to a single episode. The host will give you their thoughts on the episode, as well as some little-known behind-the-scenes information. So please subscribe to Alienation, the Newcomers podcast on iTunes. Or visit our website at alienationpodcast.com. The Geek Roundtable Podcast is a Geeky Fanboy production and has a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives Works 3.0 United States License All Rights Reserved